what trips people up the most is their belief in themselves. So that, again, we won't do anything that we don't believe ourselves capable of doing. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. I am very excited to be here today with Lisa Danforth. She's a business and success coach, and she is somebody that I have known for a while but have been getting to know better uh, recently. So we thought we'd have her on the podcast and would play a little bit. I can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting. So let me just tell people a little bit about your background. Uh, Lisa has a very interesting background. I know her as a business strategist, coach, and speaker. Um, But what she wants you to know is that she really helps women business owners and leaders identify and create the boundaries that build a bridge to creating true work-life integration, in other words, balance and fulfillment. And in the process, she helps her clients learn to flip the self-sabotaging stories they're wired to tell themselves so they can create more impact and income, breaking money silence, with less overwhelm. She has an incredible history. I may have her tell you a little bit about it herself, but she's owned a couple of companies, uh, The Wooden Spoon, Hot Betty Barbecue, a professional cleaning company. When I was in college, so I could work around the schedule and make an income. Wow. <laughs> and um, this is impressive. She had a international wholesale children's wear company, which she sold for over 35 times her initial opening investment. And so, like I said, Lisa and I are just <laughs> getting to know each other, and there's a lot more to the story. So welcome to Breaking Money Silence. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to focus on a myth, but we're also okay. going to get to know each other a little bit more. Um, the myth that you brought in is there's a ceiling to the amount of money I can make. Well, I can tell you just looking through that bio quickly, you don't believe <laughs> that. But tell me what motivated you to pick this myth. It was interesting. What I find is that when I first started out, And actually looking back to more of my childhood, it was a lot of sort of those are the rich people. It was never truly spoken, but you could just see how there was the limiting belief within the family, my family dynamic. So it was always us and them in a way that it sort of always put it out there that it wasn't accessible. So how do you go for something that's always been sort of ingrained in your brain that's not available to you? And in really looking at it after we were were chatting about it, it was... I think of it more of a, as a door, not necessarily even a ceiling, but more of a door that I just wasn't wasn't searching for. Huh. So do you believe a lot of the women that you work with or women in general kind of buy into this idea? I do. I absolutely do at, some, at a certain level. And a lot of it has to do with our self-image of our ability to make the, more money, our ability to uh, create six figures, seven figures, whatever it might be. So... One of the things that I get asked a lot is, does, is it really different for women? You know, we're talking about women business owners, women entrepreneurs. You obviously are a serial entrepreneur. I guess I kind of am too, just on <laughs> a little smaller of a scale. 
And so do you see a gender difference? And if so, why do you think it's different for women? Excellent question. I absolutely see that there is a gender difference. And here's my thing is I work specifically or predominantly with women. I do work with some men, but it's predominantly with women. Uh, And we all have our issues, right? But I do see issues that are inherent for women in business. Uh, that And men experience issues as well. But one of the things that I really work on with women that comes up again and again and again, and even at like new level, new devil, where we get to, uh, is the double bind for women. Women are often perceived as either warm or competent, but rarely both. So that's when we might be too assertive, too aggressive, not management material, or we're too soft and we're not assertive enough or we're not management material. So it's sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't Mm. type of thing. There is a double bind for men as well. But again, that's not really what I work with. Uh, But I find that that is a huge issue. And again, I'm going to circle back around to our self-image that we won't do anything that is not in alignment with who we believe ourselves to be. So if we believe ourselves to be only capable of a certain level of expertise or a certain level amount of money, we simply will not put ourselves out there, at least consistently, in order to achieve the goal that that we have put out there. So if you started from a family of origin where that door was shut or you Mm -hmm. didn't even know the door existed, Mm -hmm. how did you get to where you are now to then be able to go on and coach uh, women to do the same? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so many things that are going through my head. Do you have two hours? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Let's see. We've got six hours. Uh, Tenacity, really, just looking out and and, and calling BS on a lot of things. Uh, As I was starting my businesses and as I was progressing along, I would get, like I went uh, when I had my children were a company to get a loan for my business. And they handed me a piece of paper that said, Dear uh, Gentleman. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't sign this. And they were like, no, 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 it's okay. You can just sign it. I was like, no, I can't sign it. So it's really tenacity of stepping out there and seeing what I'm capable of, pushing my boundaries, getting uncomfortable, excuse me, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and seeing that I was capable, which allowed me to believe in myself, which allowed me to put myself out there even further, that I closed that gap. I closed that divide between where I am and where I see the wealthy people at. So tell me about the clothing company. Was that your first entrepreneurial endeavor? No, my first one was the professional cleaning company when I was in college, which was, um, it was interesting. I mean, who is going to hoot and holler about, you know, cleaning bathrooms and whatnot, but it was a really great business that I started. The second business was the Children's Wear Company, and I started out of our second bedroom. We grew to 56 home sewers, full-time production manager, full-time sales manager. We uh, shipped internationally, and I was pregnant with my second child when I just decided that I was, I'm done, and one of my home sewers purchased it. So it was great. It was fun. It was exciting. Learning all of the new things, which again, stretching myself, realizing that I am capable, that I'm only going to reach a certain level that I believe, again, myself that I can, that I can get to, but I kept pushing that. And then I kept attaining it, which really blew the door open. And what's so crazy uh, from my perspective is when I met you, and I didn't know you very well, but the first time I kind of knew about you, uh, you were in the catering business. So you are so crafty. You sew, (laughs) you cook, and you coach. I do, yes. Yeah, the the ultimate, uh, well, I wouldn't say woman, but, you know, like (laughs) cooking, sewing, all of that. And so what led you to say, I'm going to work on not only my money mindset, because obviously you've been working on that, but I'm going to help other women. And I understand it's more than just about the money. It's about the business in general. So tell us a little bit about what you actually do so people understand who are listening in. 
That's an excellent. It's sometimes hard to describe because it's not necessarily so tangible. So I'm a business strategist. So I hop in and I help my clients with strategy. But the women I work with are smart, successful, and sassy. They've gotten themselves to a certain level, and they're realizing that they're the ones that are getting in the way of their own success. They're the ones they are realizing that they need help. They've got what's gotten them to the level that they're at will not get them to the next level. And they're ready to, to do some shift and be able to create the change that they want. So I come in and I work a lot with visioning. I can't tell you. Can you, you define that? Some people, yes. I know exactly what you're talking okay, about, but right. some people may not. Not be. a vision board, but yes. all those are, those are wonderful. But really, we, I like to use the example of if you go on a trip. So we're leaving from Vermont, we're heading down to Texas, right? What are you going to do? You're going to look at the map. You're going to look at where I am. You're going to look at where you're going so that you can map the route out and know your route and what you need to do to get where you want to go. Our businesses are absolutely no different, as is work-life balance. Work-life balance is no different. We need to know what balance looks like for each individual person before we can create the actions that are going to bring it in. So the women that I work with are really looking to create that vision. I find that a lot of when we sit down, they're like, oh, I know exactly what I want. And when we start to map it out, they really don't know it's all up in their head. And, and it is amazing. It takes at least an hour to two hours to pull what they truly want because they've disconnected from it over the years of you know, marriage, children, giving to the community, taking care of parents and all of that. We disconnect to what our vision and our goals and our desires are. So really pulling out what does a truly fulfilling life look like to you? Let's look at that and map it out. And once we have that vision of what it is that you want, the business that you want and the life that you want, uh, the business that will help you sustain that life, then we can back out of that and create the actions that are going to get you where you want to go. And again, what got us to where we are now isn't going to get us to the new level. So what type of skill set do we need to start investigating in? That skill set may be hiring someone else to do something so that that opens up for you to do your expertise. That might be uh, getting... Uh, uh, certified in a program that's going to support you in whatever it is that you want to do within your business. So really looking at the skill set, peeling apart the mindset. Our, it's what gets what trips people up the most is their belief in themselves. So that, again, we won't do anything that we don't believe ourselves capable of doing. Well, what's interesting to because thank you for for sharing that. I think what's interesting when you talk about the mindset or you talk about kind of having a vision or a roadmap is often what I will hear when I say to people, really, you can define financial success however you want to define it, and it can be different numbers for different people. It can mean different th wealth can mean different things to different people. And what I often hear is the pushback is, well, you know, if I make that much, I'm going to have to work too hard. Mm -hmm. That there's this connection or the concepts mm -hmm. are kind of collapsed together that more money means you'll be somehow miserably miserable and working all the time. And, and so what do you say to somebody who comes in with that type of mindset? I say you live into what you believe. I say that if your belief is that you need to constantly be working harder, producing more in order to be successful, that's what you're going to be striving for. So I think that in itself is a myth. I don't, I believe that Balance is not created by working harder and producing more. That actually creates more of a gap of where I am now and where I want to go. Um, and it's really important to define that and see what it is for you. And so I, I feel like maybe I'm getting a little free coaching here. So, <laughs> um, so if you have that gap, 
what are the steps? Like, okay, so you say you have to have a different mindset. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, it's a myth that there's a ceiling. So I'm supposed to believe that there's not a ceiling on the amount of money I can make. And it's easier said than done, I guess, is my question. So is there certain techniques? I mean, without giving away your trade secrets, but are there certain techniques you work with or things that you find work really well with your clients? Or is it really very individual to kind of what makes them tick? It's really individual to what makes them tick, but there are certain steps. And and if we are at ground zero and we're going to for $10 million, absolutely, that's you're going to stop yourself. So we need to push ourselves beyond what's comfortable. And w- again, defining what is the life that you want to live and backing out of that and seeing what the business is that you need to create in order to sustain that. Now, if you want to make X amount of money, but your product is $10 a unit or you know $20 an hour it's going to be difficult so we need to look at upping our prices owning our worth people will put themselves out there at a certain price level because they feel that that's the only that's the the largest amount that they could make right that to in order to go a little bit higher no one's going to pay that so we make financial decisions for the people that we're looking to serve, according to our belief about finances, this is where I find a lot of people get tripped up. I can't charge that amount of money, so therefore I just need to work harder if I want to reach X amount. Knowing what that vision is and what the end goal is is incredibly important. We're able to step out in a little more confident way, stand a little bit taller, ask for a little bit more, much, little bit more money, and if someone says no, okay. Great, on to the next person. And I don't mean to diminish, mm-hmm. you know, like on to the next person, but what I the work that I do, I have found that ninety-eight to ninety-nine percent of the people out there, when I really talk about the mindset, the self-image, the communication, they kind of shake their head and then they're like, Yeah, hey, what about those patriots? How are they doing? You know, like and I'm like, Okay, great. That's that's not a problem whatsoever. But the one to two percent, they're gonna lean in. And then I can really be talking about... What do you about... mean, hey, about the Patriots? Like they changed the subject? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, like what like, does this have to do with how football? How about those Red Sox? I'm like, right, you're like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> All right, that was clear. Oh, we're, we're moving on now. But you can see it. You can see whether they're leaning in or whether they're leaning out, right? But it, when we own our brilliance, like own it unapologetically, when we own our sass, when we own our feminine and our masculine, when we bring that component to our business, because we all have different levels. When I first started my first few businesses, I led strongly with the the masculine paradigm of drive and push and, and all of that. And I was always trying to fit in. I wasn't belonging because that wasn't necessarily who I was. The more I've leaned into the feminine side of my business acumen, the more successful my businesses have been, the more joy I have experienced, uh, the easier it is. I'm no longer striving for more. I'm no longer trying to add more to my plate so that I can make it to the next level. There's a lot more ease in my day. There's a lot more joy in my day. And that parlays into energy, right? Mm -hmm. When we run into someone who's totally striving and stressing and struggling, it's not a real positive energy. But when you are looking to work with someone who whether it's a coach, whether it's a dentist, you know, but they've got that energy that you that you connect with, that's important. And when we do that, when we come from that space, we're able to attract more of what we want. And again, that's the feminine energy. You know, I could strategize and, and back out and we're going to do this and here are the benchmarks and all of those different components of a strategy, which I do. 
But that's that's after we've laid the foundation of who you are. What do you want? What are your beliefs? What does a truly fulfilling life look like to you? All right, cool. Now, let's get going. Let's get started. So you are not mentioning the word authenticity. You may not even like the word authenticity, but that's part of what you're talking about, right? It's just really standing in who you are. And I think about um, the work that I've done with a speaking coach around being who you are on stage and being confident and embracing the flaws as well as what makes you great up there. And and the more you become you, it actually, I mean, I've witnessed that. It's true. I get hired more. I get repeat business more. I do a better job of just being me and connecting with an audience. So there's a lot of things that I think really resonate. One of the things that I'm curious about, though, is there a generational difference in terms of how women are either standing in this power of who they are or their authenticity? Or do you think it's something, I guess it's an and or, or do you think it's something that we learn over time? Both you and I have had a little time in the business world. (laughs) That's nicely put. (laughs) Yes. And we still have time left. (laughs) But we're not in our 20s. You know, where I think of myself being that really driven, you know, kind of person and it starts to shift and change. So I guess it's a two-part question. How much is this a generational phenomenon versus maybe a life stage phenomenon in terms of getting people where they need to be to be truly confident in themselves? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) that right there is why we are friends (laughs) both i mean it really is both it is generational absolutely i speak with women who are 65 75 who they they say oh i wish i could have talked to you when i was younger it's just not worth it now i'm like oh my gosh you could live another 20 years let's create the life that's going to fulfill you this is exciting what do you want to be doing i also find that the younger generation has they think that they don't have the issues that we've had. But in my experience, right, in my experience, it's been told that, you know, it's, it's a whole new generation. You know, all of you who are burning your bra on whatever. I never did that, by the way, Mom. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, you know, that we've paved the way. No, I see it. And, and I don't care if it's a 5-year-old or, you know, a 7-year-old, a 15-year-old. Their dynamic still changes when they are... Uh, with the male, I mean, they kind of, ah, and they dumb themselves down. The, again, coming back to the double bind for women, right? So they behave in a different way. They show up in a different way. And when we morph ourselves, when we try to belong, is when we're not fitting in. And when we're not fitting in, we're not being authentic. And when we're not being authentic, it is damn hard to, fi- to build a business mm. and to make the money that you want when you are consistently out of alignment. If who you are isn't in alignment with what you do, you will continue to struggle. I have seen that at every single age. Only when we can look at who we want to be and stop apologizing for that and just own it. Not everyone's going to like you. Own that one. I'm like, I'm okay with that. When I was younger, you always wanted to morph and fit in. But along with trying to, to belong and what you're doing is fitting in comes shame. Shame is a big component of the work that I do with women. No one would come to me and say, oh, my gosh, I've got to get over the shame so that I could actually hit my financial goals, right? But when we are inconsistent with who we are, when we are being inauthentic to our true way of being, there is an amount of shame of showing up because even within our subconscious or our conscious, if we're not being who we are, we have some sort of a fraud complex Mm -hmm. because we are being someone 
We are not, right? And I don't care if this is in a romantic relationship, a business relationship with your children, with your, with your mom, whoever it may be, that we, we change who we are in order to fit in. Now, you might get your business to a certain level. You might get your relationship to a certain level. But at some point, can I swear? Yes, you may. Shit will hit the fan, <laughs> right? It's going to at some point because we are going to be so frustrated, so sad, right, and lonely because we are too afraid to be exposed to who we truly are because then people won't particularly like us. So again, we continue to participate in the relationship. We continue to agree to dance that dance within the relationship of who we feel we need to be in order to be loved and liked and successful and in the business as well, in order to be accepted within our community, to be uh, to acquire clients, whatever it might be, whatever your business is. We often think we need to be a certain way. And for me, I can be a little edgy. You know, so I would often... Also why I like uh, you. (laughs) (laughs) The edginess is coming back out. But I I softened that significantly because my story was that if I was as uh, tenacious as I am, uh, that I would uh, offend too many people. No, I do offend people. Yes, mom, I do. It happens, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm so okay with that now. I don't do it intentionally, but do I really want to be in a relationship? And I'm talking any relationship with a client, business partner, romantic. If I can't be who I am, if I have to alter who I am. It's tiring. Creating the gap. To get back to your initial myth that there's a ceiling to the amount of money Mm -hmm. I can make. So we've busted that out of the water. You've talked a lot about what helps people kind of move forward and the work that you do. How would you reframe that myth? How would you turn it into a fact? Something I say a lot when I'm out speaking, and that is we live into who we believe we are, even if those beliefs aren't true. So if your belief is that you can only make a certain amount of money um, as a woman, as a mom, then you will live into those beliefs. You're more apt to live into those beliefs than looking into the positivity and, again, coming from your goal instead of at your goal. So, Lisa, tell the listeners where they can find out more about your work, where you're speaking, and what you're up to. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, They can check out my website, which is lisadanforth.com. I like to keep things simple. And then if anyone is interested, I always offer a complimentary success session for a one-hour success session. They can email me at lisa at lisadanforth.com or just go to my website and, uh, and sign up there. Excellent. We'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Well, I always enjoy talking to you. You have a lot for me to think about, a lot for people listening in to think about. Um, So thank you so much, Lisa, for breaking money silence with me. Thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.